0: None another name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved hallelujah hallelujah what a wonderful name mighty god mighty god it's been a wonderful day in the house of the lord today now you know why i let her i sing this morning and let her sing tonight y'all wouldn't want to hear me very 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 blessed Wonderful wife. I'm I'm, I'm thankful tonight to be in the house of the Lord. I think the Lord has a a word for us. Matter of fact, I'm convinced that that God wants to speak to us in this place. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew, I want you to focus on Matthew chapter number five and verse number. Thirteen. Let me let me reiterate something. What I said this morning, that you have the finest pastor and pastor's wife of anybody I know. <clears throat> I I counted a great honor to have them as friends, and uh, your pastor uh, has been a mentor to me. And he is a very, very busy man with all that he does with uh, the church and the board, this district. Very, very, very well respected, not just in this state, but outside of this state. And we are, we are blessed to know them. I'm glad that our paths crossed. Let me just say that. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. And he took a chance in letting us come and minister the word of the Lord And just falling in love with this church. I love the spirit of this church. Aren't you thankful for the spirit of your church? Hallelujah, hallelujah. A heart for Christ. Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 13. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Ye. You turn somebody and say, that's you. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. Would you, would you turn to somebody just, just really quickly in the middle of this and say, you're good for nothing. See, see you're hesitant. Some of these husbands are shaking your, your heads. There's some husbands right now that I watched you shake your head. Uh Uh-uh. No, I'm not doing it. I'm I'm not doing it. It'll cause me too much trouble later. Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm going to ignore the word of the Lord. No, no. It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Now, I'm, I'm 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 going to give you my title if you promise not to judge me by my title until we're done, okay? A good-for-nothing God and his good-for-nothing church. I know, there's people that just checked out. And there's a bunch of you that checked in. There's a bunch of you throughout this service, you've just kind of been, nah, a good-for-nothing God, what in, what in the world? A good-for-nothing God and his good-for-nothing church. Precious Savior, we want you to speak to us tonight from your word. Minister, God, in this place, I pray. Minister to our hearts. Challenge us in this place, I pray. Holy Lamb of God, Savior of all mankind, we want you to condescend to be with us. Open up our hearts right now, mighty God. I pray that your word is planted deep within our hearts, mighty God, that it might flourish, that it might grow, and that it might come to fruition in our lives. We give you the glory for it. We give you the honor for it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Will you say that with me? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and you can be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I'm going to read my title again um, just, just so you know where I'm going. Then I'm going to read my verse. A good-for-nothing God and his good-for-nothing church. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 13. Ye are the salt of the earth but if the salt have lost his savor wherewith shall it be salted it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men now there are there are some things in scripture deemed good for nothing salt that's lost its savor as we have just read here in this passage of scripture In the next uh, passage of Scripture, we find that light under a bushel is good for nothing. We read uh, in the Gospels that seeds that are sown on the rocks are good for nothing. And to cast your pearls before swine is not a good idea. The grasshopper in the winter is good for nothing. We've just come to expect some things in life to be good for nothing nothing. Anybody know that individual that you just shake your head and you say, my goodness, that individual is just good for nothing. I see a couple, but I know we all know that individual. Just good for nothing. They need God in a major way. But we we have preached about um, in, in light of our expectations on people. We have preached about expecting so many times. We've We've twisted and contorted so many different scriptures to to match what we're preaching in expectation that that we, we must stop and consider today in the house of the Lord. What does the world expect from us? We have great expectations of God, do we not? I hope we do. I hope you have great expectations for God. But what about the world? What is it that the world can look at the church and begin to expect? Can they expect from us mercy or can they expect judgment? Can they expect grace or can they expect condescension? Can they expect love or can they expect hate? Can they expect kindness or can they expect austerity? Can they expect gentleness or can they expect haughtiness? Can they expect meekness or can they expect pride or arrogance? Can they expect good when they come to the church? Can we be trusted to render good for evil? Because David said in Psalms 38 verse number 20, they also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that good is. Notice what David is saying, that I am following the thing that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord. Oh my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. But then we read that not only is he following after the thing that is good, but we read in Psalms chapter number 23 and verse number 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the lord forever let me just say it like this david was trying to get across the point that he was hemmed in by goodness it was following him and it was leading him rather he backed up he backed up into the goodness of god but if he fell forward he fell forward into the arms of a good god His pursuit was goodness. But he was being propelled by God's goodness at the same time. Now Matthew chapter number 5 verse number 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's the world in which we live. But I say unto you love your Mm. Now we can shout and dance all night long, but this is what they call where the rubber meets the road. The scripture tells us to love your enemies the enemy is the enemies in your life is not that person that you don't like. How many have somebody that you just just rubs you the wrong way Anybody? But this is not talking about that person. Well, we just don't, don't gel. We, we just don't get along. We've got different personalities. We, we, but That's not what this is talking about. This tells me to love your enemies. That enemy is that individual that's got it in for you. That enemy is that person on the job that keeps trying to undercut you. That, that enemy is that individual, that boss on the job that, that's got your name and he's got his finger on you. That, that enemy is that individual in the neighborhood that would like nothing more than to see everybody turn against you. That enemy is that, That enemy is that individual that causes chaos in your life. That enemy is that, that individual that is purposed against you and the will of God for your life. And when we're talking about the enemies, the enemies, it seems like we should be easily be able to, uh, to step aside from them. But no, no, Jesus is calling us and he's telling us, don't just love the ones that love you. But love your... Uh. I don't care what you say, that's tough words. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And then he goes even farther and he tells us to pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, I don't know about you, but that's that's tough language. To me, when I begin to read this, it's tough to digest. I know it's Sunday night. We're going to get there, okay? That ye, that ye, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. So what is this telling us? This is telling us if you can't pray for those that despitefully use you, If you can't love your enemy, you've got a little bit to go before you can become the children of your father, which is in heaven. Mm. So here's what he's asking us as the church to do. To give good, knowing we're not going to get good back. Literally, to give good, knowing we're getting nothing in return. So God is looking at the church right now in 2019. He's looking upon this church in Indian Village and he's telling us tonight, we are challenged to be a good for nothing church. A good for nothing church is a church that gives until we have nothing left to give. Not to a world because a world can give back to us, but our treasure troves are full. Our hearts are full. Our minds are full. Our spirits are full from what God pours of His treasures into our lives. So, Let's let's take a step farther. That ye be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Proverbs chapter number 19 and verse number 17 tells us. He hath pity upon the poor. Lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given will he pay him again. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth. You gotta go all the way back somewhere into Samuel, where she took that baby. Hannah took that baby and put that hand that that baby back into the hands of Eli and lift that baby back to the hands of Eli as unto the Lord and here he is telling us when you feel the burden of the poor now now if you look deeply into this word you will understand it's not just those that are uh, monetarily challenged Poverty stricken. But also it speaks to those that are poor of spirit. And so what happens when you're, when you're walking through the gas station convenience store and you walk across that individual that is broken hearted and there's something within your spirit that begins to drive you to say a word of encouragement to that individual and you're in the line at the bank and you're there with the teller and the teller begins to open up and talk about the burden of their heart and you're sitting there at the restaurant and your waiter begins to cry because they know that you know God but they don't know him and they begin to pour out of the heart. The Bible tells us that when we attach ourselves to them, we are lending ourselves to God. And that which he hath given will he pay him again. God will be a debtor to no man. God will not owe you We look at him that hath pity. That word is favor. If you have favor upon the poor and lendeth unto the Lord. Now notice what it's telling us. When we speak that encouraging word, when we grab somebody by the hand and say a word of prayer with them, when we comfort that individual that is broken and broken hearted, What is happening is what we're doing. We're lending to God of ourselves we're taking who we are and what he has deposited his spirit inside of us and we're lending it back to him so he could use us is that not the desire of your heart oh god use me use me god however you want to use me just use me use me in the service use me throughout my day use me on my job Now, now we gotta, we got to jump to Isaiah chapter number 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified and they shall build the old waste they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Hear me, what happens when you lend to the Lord? You begin to rebuild. And Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Listen, listen, listen. The things that seem so minuscule, the minutiae, the things that you don't have time for anymore... Are you paying attention to what the word of the Lord is saying? When you lend your spirit back to Him, you're going to be busy building cities. You're going to be busy building up the desolation. And there's going to be strangers that come along and feed your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. That you shall be named the priest of the Lord. What happens when you lend unto the Lord? You are increased one by one, I'm not talking about your money, I'm talking about the spirit that God has put inside of you. Men shall call you the ministers of our God, you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. For your shame you shall have double and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them to them that lend unto the Lord. Let me tell you, every time you give your talent to God, musician and singer, you are lending to God. You are lending to God. You are lending to God. Lending to God. And what happens when you lend to Him? He increases your life when you give to him of your finance what happens is he blesses you over and abundantly what happens when you do what you can do with what God has given you he increases increases in your life and he gives you the desires of your heart this is not a prosperity doctrine I'm not preaching prosperity doctrine I I, I dare say that if your investment is not in the kingdom of God, he cares so little about the things that we care about. We put a top priority on health, especially when you get to a certain age. But you've got to understand, he cares so little about your health because his ultimate goal is to get you to where he's at. We pray for healing a lot of times. Oh God, heal. Oh God, heal. And the Lord of all of glory is saying, I just want to take them home. They've worked all their life for this. They've invested. Is there anybody that's here what I'm saying today? How they've invested all their life. There is nothing any more glorious than attending the funeral of a saint. A lot of times I'll walk up I'll walk up to family members, I'll walk up to, uh, to, to spouses, I'll walk up to children I'll say, I'm jealous today, I'm jealous, I'm covetous today because they fought the good fight. When we lend of ourselves to him, you know, I purposed a long time ago at a very young age. God everything you give me I'll give back to you. When I when I get done with this with this body, I want this body to be ragged. I want everything that I have to be drained because I've given everything back into building the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I've purposed in my life that I will lend to him everything that I have. That's why I'm raising a little boy and I'm raising a little girl and I'm lending them to God and I'm praying over them and I'm praying into their life blessings. Oh my I haven't prayed one time, God. Make my son a preacher, but I prayed many times. God, make my son a soul winner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Romans chapter number five, verse number six. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I come to tell you today in the house of the Lord that he is a good for nothing God. He'll give you all of his good and all we have to give him is nothing. I had nothing to offer him. I still stand here before you today and anything that you might see in me that can cause attraction, I would pray today that it would only bring glory to God because I've come to confirm to you if there be anything good in me, it would be by the grace and the mercy and the love and the compassion of a mighty God, a God that is good for nothing. Uh. Reminded of the story. in John chapter number 8. I said if we come back tonight we'd all shout and dance. I don't think that's going to happen. But I want our, our hearts to be turned upside down. You watch the men out in that field. And they put that plow into the field. There at the beginning of the season. And you watch. You watch. You watch. As that soil begins to be turned over. I pray in this place tonight. When I walk out those back doors. That I leave and I know God has plunged his plow into the hearts of men and women. And turned us over and prepared us. Is there anybody that's hungry for that time of planning in your life? Is there anybody that's willing to raise your hands right now. And begin to say, God I want you to plant it in me. hallelujah hallelujah let's just take a second if we could somebody begin to respond to him right now the holy ghost just swept into this place Hallelujah, somebody needs to begin to pray. Oh God, work in my life, work in my family, work in my home, work in my children. So here's what happens, here's what happens. He's a good for nothing God. He gives good for nothing in return. He gives good because it is His nature. And when the nature of Christ is in us, when we put on the mind of Christ, when we have been adopted into the fold and become children or saints of God, what happens is the nature of Christ begins to be demonstrated through us as the church. And that's why it's important to understand it's not just a good-for-nothing God. We have got to be a good-for-nothing church. Listen, we, we do a lot of things. Now, I know, I know you all do a lot of things here. We, we do a lot of things for community. We have a, we have a, a, a huge day at our church where we, we've set up our entire gym like a department store. And we give away clothing. We give away thousands of pieces of clothing. Last year we had 600 people come through uh, for, for clothing. And we clothe kids uh, before school. It's an incredible thing that we do. But here, don't be mistaken. We are not talking about a social gospel. You need to feed the poor uh, and the hungry. I I believe that. We need to help individuals that cannot help themselves. I believe wholeheartedly in that. However, what this is talking about is something that is so much deeper because you can give away all you want to give away. You can feed everybody. You can clothe everybody. But if they have a broken spirit, they will return time and time again. The church is called to minister to the spirit of a broken world well, can, I, can I take it a step farther without offending you we can put clothes on kids back and pat ourselves on the back and say we've done the job but hear me today we got to put clothes on kids back and minister to mom and dad and break down the wall a petition between the world and the church Luke chapter number one, verse number 37. For with God, nothing, would you say it with me? Nothing Nothing shall be impossible. So here's a God that gives you good and you have nothing in return to give him. What I read, In accordance with Luke, with God, nothing shall be impossible. The second he begins to give to you salvation, the second that he begins to impart his spirit to you, you instantaneously, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost It's come upon you. There is something that happens as salvation. I don't care if you've been here 10 minutes or 100 years. It makes no difference to me. When God infuses his spirit into you, you have something to give back. You have something to walk in. You have a new life. Prove it. Prove it. Okay. Luke chapter number 17, verse number 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. I don't know. I'm not here to argue about the fact because that, that mustard seed was stringent. Or because it was so small. I don't know if, if, if the Lord was looking at him and telling him, all you need is a little bit. Or you need to have powerful faith. But I know that you had to have something. And he said, and ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. Now listen, I want you to read this next part with me. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. We just read that, yes. But now in light of what you're reading, do you understand When you team up with Him, you are no longer nothing. I come to Him and I have nothing to give. I had nothing to offer. But as soon as I got hooked up with Jesus, instantaneously, I had something to give back. And when we give, we give out of the goodness of our heart. As the church of the living God, we are giving good for nothing in return. Like he gave his life for us. Oh, hear me today in the house of the Lord. If a good for nothing church ever gets teamed up with a good for nothing God, we can change the world in which we live. Just about done. Just about done. John chapter number 8 and verse number 3. The Scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? We, we know what to do. We know what should happen. We know the answer to the question already. We know what we're going to do if you get up and walk out. What do you say that we do? I want you to imagine with me what would happen in your life if this was your family member. I want you to imagine with me what this would be like if this was your daughter that was dragged down that day by these Pharisees. My first question would simply be this. If this is the woman, where is the man? Secondly, my question would be something along this line. I know what the Pharisees want to do, but Jesus is there any way that you can do something about this situation? I I want you to travel with me there. I want you to I want you to stand in the middle with this woman I, I want you to stand there beside her And see her as she's knelt there With her, with her head pointed down Towards that sand on which her knees Were beginning to sink I, I want you to notice the blood spots Around where they had beat her On the way dragging her by her hair To the, to the feet of Jesus There not, not in the In the streets but they drug her Into the temple and they cast her There at the feet of Jesus The place of judgment Oh, hear me today. The house of God should not be the place of judgment. The house of God should be the place of grace. The house of God should be a place of mercy. I'm going to leave judgment up to God. I'm going to leave mercy and grace up to my hands. Hear me today in the house of the Lord. If anybody should be able to identify with sinners, it ought to be us. Why? Because we're sinners saved by grace. They they drug her there. I could hear those, those gates slamming behind. I could hear the screaming of that woman as they drag her up. And they cast her there at the feet of Jesus. I could hear her sobbing and, and screaming out. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I could hear the rustling of the Pharisees and the scribes. As one of them got up enough nerve to look Jesus in the eye, they said, We know what the law says. We've studied the law. We know it in and out. We know what the law tells us to do. But what do you say that we do? What's your answer, Jesus? What are you going to do about this one, Jesus? How are you going to fix this situation, Jesus? They said this, the Bible said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger. He rode on the ground as though he heard them not. He gave them an opportunity to show grace and mercy instead of judgment. He was looking, the Bible tells us, he knows the hearts of all men, all I'm thankful God doesn't expose my heart to you. And I'm so glad, God, you don't have to worry about it. God's not exposed your heart to me either. I don't walk in that. I beg God to never show me stuff like that. But if you would see my heart, you wouldn't let me have this microphone, Pastor. If you look into the depths of my heart And what I'm capable of Oh some of you can look at me like that But you know it could be said of you just as easy If you know what I'm capable of You you wouldn't accept me here you wouldn't, you wouldn't open up your doors to me You wouldn't call me a saint You wouldn't look at me and say Sister and brother hear me today They drug her down But she had every opportunity to be A part of the kingdom of God Just like those scribes And just like those Pharisees And he's stooping down Pretending he didn't hear them he gave them an opportunity hear me today the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees of that day would uphold the law they gave no room for grace the world looks at us and they tell us we're harsh I'll never go down to that church they're judgmental I'll never, I'll never darken the doors of that place. They're legalist. Let me tell you, there are people amongst us that have earned that right to be called. Just like those Pharisees, and just like those Sadducees, and just like those scribes. Any one of them at any point who lifted up his voice and said, What are we doing? What's going on? What's happening here? How do we deteriorate to this? How do we arrive at this place where we're casting judgment upon somebody? Oh, oh, we've got to dig in the scripture until we get a hold of mercy and we get a hold of grace. But it was silence. It was silence. And when... The religious men of that day could have intervened to the mighty God in Christ. For a broken hearted woman taken in the very act of sin. Hear me today in the house of the Lord. He saw me in the midst of my sin. He looked on you on the midst of your sin. And instead of hurling a stone. He offered you grace. And he offered you Mercy. a good for nothing God When they ask him again He just lifted up His voice And he said The one that be Without sin Let him cast The first stone We get so caught up in the church Big sins and little sins Don't we? Oh we do. Let me reassure you we do. Certain sins have certain weights. The small sins, it's not as well they just they just told a little little white lie. Ever heard that? A little little white lie, it's just a little little white lie. All liars. If you're going to hurl the stone as the church of the living God, let it be hurled at everything. Not just what we hunt and peck and position as worse than other things. But at the same extent, if we're willing to issue grace and mercy to that individual who was caught in the very act, can we offer grace and mercy to each and every individual that darkens the doors of this place, you got to hear me today in the house of the Lord. Oh, I don't know what it's like here. I just, I just imagine that everyone is perfect here. Every time I come, everyone's perfect. Everyone's so kind and wonderful. But I, let, let me tell you a little bit about about where I pastor. Hey, let me tell you just just a little bit. There's times that we say, "Well, well, you know what they have done." I don't care. I sat with a lady not too, too long ago with my wife when she began to say, well, you know their past. I don't want to know their past. I don't care about their past. It's under the blood. Yes. It was buried in baptism. It was forgiven at an altar. Yes. And if Jesus Christ can be good for nothing, the church should be good for nothing. Yes. Why are you being good to that person? Because he was so good to me. But they don't deserve it. No. That's not what it's about. Hear me today. Hear me today. My my, my pastor told me I was going through something. I was was really angry at an individual. I was ready to give him a piece of my mind. It don't take me very much. I called him. I said, I'm going to call up so and so. I'm going to let him have it. He goes, go ahead son. Go ahead. I think that's a wonderful idea. I knew it was coming. I knew he really didn't mean that. He said, do you consider yourself a gentleman? I said, well, I, 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 I don't know now. I don't know. I'd like to think so. He said, a gentleman is a gentleman when the other man is not. So what I come to tell you today, a saint is, is a saint when the other person it's not and the church of the living God if we could take those take those blinders like they put on them horses anybody ever plowed with horses and put those blinders on is there anybody that's ever used those blinders got a couple those horses anybody ever seen it done raise your hand I know none of this crowd knows anything about that but that's okay put those blinders on what are you doing being good for nothing what are you doing I'm just good for nothing Eventually, eventually it's going to spread across this church. What are you? What, what, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just doing good for nothing. I'm good for nothing. It's going, to, it's going to become a, a, a byword. You're going to look at your wife, and now you're going to be able to say, "You're good for nothing." See, you, you shook your head earlier. You, you wasn't going to say it. See, now you can t- look at your wife and say, "Honey, you're just good for nothing. You're good for." He said. He said. Listen that he that be without sin cast the first stone. They had a chance to get it right and they got it wrong. They decided they would hold on to that grudge. They decided they'd hold on to that hurt. They decided they was going to step in the stead of God when all all of them should have known God in flesh was kneeling there in that sand. And they began to walk away till there was none that was left. Would you stand with me today? He said, woman, where are those? Pull it up for me if you would. Where are those thine? Would you say it with me if you know it? Accusers oh, Let it never be said Of the church That we are accusers Because that's the that's name given to the devil He's the accuser Of the brethren Really what, what Jesus was saying Is where'd those devils go I'm convinced there's more devils In the church than there ever was in the world Because when we take up stones to stone one another and stone them from this world instead of embracing and loving. Listen, I've said it a million times. I've told my church, if I fall, I want to fall in the church. Because if I fall in the church, I pray that one of you would be the one that would embrace me. If you and this church will develop that good for nothing mentality at a place where you understand grace, and mercy and what it actually done for you. It will be a whole lot easier to give away that grace and that mercy. If I would furrow out my past and all the things that I've done. All the things that I've thought of. Oh, you say, well, I didn't, I didn't act on it. Jesus said, as a man looketh on a woman, in his heart he's already done it. So hear me today in the house of the Lord. The church ought to be a place where grace and mercy is freely given. And we can identify with David, goodness is behind me. And goodness is in front of me. And goodness is hemmed in about me. And it's His goodness at home, don't be mistaken. It's the goodness of God that holds you to His house. You got it up, John chapter number 8. Is that where I was at? Thank you. Hath no man condemned thee. Next verse. Thank you. And she said, No man, Lord. Hear me today. We can accuse, and we can accuse, and we can accuse, and we can judge, and we can judge. And we can judge. But when God gets done, there's nothing but grace. And there's nothing but, I'm thankful for that. Because I know there was somebody in the church house that was looking at my father as he come into the house time after time after time. He was revolving in our altars. He would come in and he would go out and he would come in and he would go out. He'd go back to marijuana. He'd go back to alcohol. He would return to it time and time again. I know, I know there are people in that church house that would, that would set still and say ah oh, don't worry about him he'll he'll never make it he's done this time and time again but to that individual that every time he come down to an altar they would come and they would pray with him I've come to convince somebody today the grace and mercy of God was upon them <laughs> oh I feel the Holy Ghost in this place is drawing, drawing us to a new place of relationship with Him. God is trying to tenderize our hearts and help us to see a lost and dying world as He sees them. Uh, he's looking tonight for a good for nothing church. They're going to begin to play. They're going to begin to sing and as they do so. I want to open up this altar tonight. If you feel the burden of what I'm preaching, maybe that judgment has passed across your lips. Maybe maybe you've seen that individual, this revolving door at the church. And you said, oh, we've seen this a hundred times. But after tonight, after this message, something has stirred you up. And you've said, I've got to look at that heart like Jesus looks at that heart. God, give us the compassion of Calvary. Give us the heartbeat of the cross. Neither do I. Condemn thee. The one that could didn't. All they could do was accuse. They could not condemn. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go. Go. Get up. Get up. Wipe the blood from your eyes. Take that shirt sleeve and wipe the sweat off your brow. Pull your hair back and walk right down Market Street declaring the grace and the mercy of God. Go, go, go. He didn't didn't let her loose without instructions. He didn't just tell her, go live any old way. Pentecost we think grace is something Greasy it just, it's, not, nah. it's a slippery slope We'll tell ourselves but The grace of God knew no bounds that day It made a difference in a life Of a woman that was broken I don't know where she went I don't know her name Some would say it was Mary Magdalene But I don't know I, I, can't, I can't be sure All I know is this Grace made a difference in that life that day Feel a tug of the compassion of Calvary as I sing I'm going to open up this altar I want you to come right now I want you to find a place to which you can bury your face and begin to weep and begin to pray for the lost and the undone that wayward son that's been in and out of the church that daughter that can't seem to find her way back That friend that used to sit there beside you, but it doesn't sit there beside you anymore.